Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I don't know what this dude's fully capable of. I have nightmares about this house. Yeah! He's pissed off. All of their bodies were burned beyond recognition. Wow. Hates this person. Hates them. I had an exorcism. An exorcism? I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna kill you. I gotta get away from this guy. It's really bad in here. My name is Amy Allen. Something is not right. I see dead people. This person might have been a serial killer. I speak to dead people. You get those chills. And they speak to me. He is darkness. He is evil. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. I think she broke her neck. I rely on my partner. I'm Steve DeShavi. I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. Tell me the truth. And I know every person, every house has secrets. I think the devil is down here. It's my job to reveal him. Who the hell would do this? But Steve and I never speak. We never communicate during an investigation. Until the very end. Who's he looking to kill? Can we uncover if it's safe for you to stay? You need to get out of here right now. Or time to get out. It was like endless darkness. Amy and I look into each case separately. I interview living witnesses and dig into the property's history looking for dark secrets buried in the past, while Amy communicates with the dead. I'm in Chicago, Illinois, on my way to the house of a veteran cop. Thing is, he didn't call us in. His daughter, Christina, did. She says the activity in the house is so bad, she's afraid for his safety. But she also says that he's such a tough guy, he is not gonna leave his home. I'm hoping Amy and I can help him out. Before Amy arrives, I look for any leading information. This home has a lot of photographs, religious icons, and family heirlooms that have to be covered or removed. When I'm finished, the location will be ready for tonight's walk. 
I'm seeing this older woman. She said that somebody opened a door and also is bringing dead people home with them. And she wants it to stop. She says, I'm not going to waste any more time because you're not going to do anything to help me just like the others. Uh, ow! What's wrong? Ah, ha, ha, ha. Well, Christine, I'm glad I'm here. You sound a little worried on the phone about all the stuff happening in the house here. And you're concerned for your father, I understand. Yes. But what about you? I've heard voices, footsteps, and I have nightmares about this house. But I haven't lived here since I was 18, and they still continue. Okay, like what? There was a boy, and he was trying to force me to look at his head, and half his face was gone. Okay, so you've been having these dreams for a while? For years. Okay, so my question to you is why are you calling us in now? My daughter is only three, and when she's staying here, she's having these kind of bad dreams. Christina, the first person you mentioned when we spoke on the phone was your father, and you sounded concerned for him. What's the story? It's just my dad and my stepmom, Lori, here by themselves. I'm concerned about their safety. What are you looking for us to do for you? I'm hoping that my nightmares will stop, that I'll be able to bring my daughter here, and that my dad and Lori will be okay here by themselves. Oh. So I look, and there's a guy who came from below the house. He was punching me nonstop, and he's got blood on him, like dried up blood, and he told me I should leave. He's worried or something. Oh, right down there, right down there. This male hides down in here. He gets up in their space. There's someone standing, staring at you, you know what I mean? This is the same room you grew up in having nightmares? Yes, it is. Okay, what have you experienced in the room? This is where I've seen the apparition. Of what? A woman dressed in white, and she was actually right here in front of my closet door. Okay, did you get a look at her face? No. Her back was to me. She was facing the door, and then she disappeared into it. Okay, you sure it wasn't a dream or anything like that? I was wide awake. Oh, interesting. What's going on? That older woman. Mm -hmm. from outside, likes to hide in the closet and pop out like a witch. Is this something that people see? Yes, that's why she does it. So, Mark, obviously we're here because your daughter called us in. Mm -hmm. uh, she's concerned for your safety as well as your wife. you got to be a little bit worried yourself, I would think. Very worried. Now, do you know any history about the house? A little bit. I know that uh, a doctor lived here, and he was a, a TB doctor in the area. 
You're a cop. Yes. And how long you been a cop? About 27 years. I'm sure you're like me. If you don't see it or hear it, you don't believe it. Right. So that being said, have you had experiences here? I heard my name be called once. It sounded like my wife. It sounded just like her, like something's mimicking her. Was she home? No. I jumped up, I grabbed my gun, and I ran down the stairs to see what... It, it did sound like someone was in my home. And nobody was... Nobody was there. Okay, have you ever experienced anything else down here? I see what appears to be like a black mass coming up the stairway. It scared the heck out of it me. It did, huh? It's very frustrating. Right. It's hard to even accept it because I can't prove it and I can't... I really can't understand it. This is his preferred area in here. Yeah! He's pissed off. He's angry. People definitely see this guy. Ow! Ah, he hurts people. Ow! He's making my head hurt. Yeah. Ow! Knock it off. Okay, Mark, so uh, why'd you bring me here? I seen a male apparition and a female apparition. Okay, describe the male for me. He had a suit on, I recall, a tie, and glasses. You mentioned you saw a female also. Yes, I did. She appeared to be a little older, had longer hair, looked gray to me. Okay. That she was in some sort of dress. You know, on the phone, your daughter mentioned something about inviting other paranormal groups in. We did, recently. And? They definitely said that there was something going on. Was that the only investigative team or proactive thing you've done in the house? No. I had an exorcism of the house. An exorcism? Yes. After the exorcism, did anything improve at all? I don't believe it has. Uh, what are you hoping we can do for you? I know now that my daughter had a hard time here. She had nightmares. Yeah. Now I got grandkids. I don't want my grandkids to go through what my kids went through. Oh, no. I got like weird voodoo seance stuff happening here. Somebody opened a door where dead people come. The old woman, she doesn't like to come in here anymore uh, because it's too um, chaotic and hectic for her. And she wants her house back. So she's getting really desperate. She says she, she swears to God she's gonna poison them. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So, Laurie, I talked to your husband, Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, talked to Christina. And uh, they explained the experiences they've had and what's going on in the house. What about yourself? I've had a few strange experiences. Okay. And one of them being the one night I thought Mark was home from work. He used to work midnights. Okay. I heard footsteps coming up the stairs. I kind of like froze and I never heard him come towards the bedroom. So obviously it wasn't him. Okay, so he wasn't home. He wasn't home. What about one of the other kids? It wasn't the other kids, they were all in bed. So that really freaked me out. I see these two men. Um, they have no skin. They're rotting, and they like that. And they're they're tricksters. They're tricksters. Those those two men are they're tricksters. They look charred. I feel like they got burned or something. And I hear roughhousing. Um, you know, they're banging in the walls. Anything else going on up here? I don't feel comfortable in the dark. Why? Not too long ago, I went to bed one night, and all of a sudden, in a sound sleep, I felt hands come up and grab my waist. I'm like, I'm facing Mark, so it couldn't have been him. What'd you do? I froze. I kind of, like, put the blankets up, and I was afraid to move or say anything. Okay, so you, you couldn't mistake it for something else? No. Sounds like you were on pins and needles living here. Yeah. Now I'm a little more nervous of going to bed. If I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm afraid to, like, open my eyes or move. Bad. Lots of physical. He's, like, beating on somebody in the bed. Hates him. Ah, hates this person. Hates him. Why? They're messing with his stuff, messing with his life. This is a living person? Yes. He's like up in their ear and he's like, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna kill you. Just as I'm seeing what this angry man can do to the living, he turns his attention back on me. He wants me out of this house and he has disturbing ways of showing it. He is a Damn it. I gotta get away from this guy. He's really hurting me. He's really hurting me. 
He's very excited that um, he can uh, jump people or get inside of people. His energy is extremely uncomfortable, like terrible, terrible. I got scared because I thought, I don't know what this dude's fully capable of. Mark told me his house used to be a doctor's office for TB patients. So I made some calls around town and his story checks out. But the historian I contacted says there's a lot more to the story than Mark realizes. So it turns out that my client was right, that the house was occupied by a doctor at one time. Yeah, Dr. George Gindela. Can you tell me a little bit about him? Well, he was a general practice doctor. There wasn't a lot of money in medicine, and he had like 10 children, so they, they, had, a, they had to start various other businesses. They opened up a candy store. They had a newsstand that they operated. Okay, and he did treat TB patients in the house? Yes, he did. This guy sounds like he uh, put a lot on his plate. He had a house with 10 kids he was trying to raise. Yeah. His own practice, several other businesses, plus he's treating a very contagious disease in his own home. Right. It must have been terribly stressed out in his life. <sighs> that hurt. Like, I know what he looks like now to me. Even though the angry man violently attacked me, he revealed himself to me for just a second, and I was able to get a glimpse of what he looked like in life. Very professional feel to him. Dark brown hair, average build as far as I can tell. He does have a coat on. He had a very, very stressful life. Very stressed about work, high stakes, high stakes. Now, you had mentioned that he had some tragedy in his life. Yeah, some years before, a couple of his sons were going through an apple orchard nearby the property, and this uh, man suddenly appears and he starts yelling at him in German, telling him to get out of the apple orchard. And he takes out a shotgun full of buckshot, and he starts firing him at the, at the kids. And uh, one of his sons got hit in the leg, and uh, the oldest son, George, got hit in the face. And uh, he didn't die, but it disfigured him horribly. Uh, I've seen shotgun victims before. Yeah. How bad was the, you know, his face? Well, George Jr. was hit 35 times in the face and the neck. So it was obviously very bad. You right? There's a lot of pain in his head. He's got blood wounds. Like, what? He had a destination. There was some kind of meeting with men. And then I see trees around me. That's when things get sketchy. Um, but then he came back here. Now you got this poor kid shot in the face. He's right. disfigured. Whatever wind up happening to him? It's a tragedy. About um, eight years later, 1926, the doctor gets a house call, and he decides to take George out with him. And it's pretty snowy for that time of year. And the house call is around the Desplaines River. And the doctor parks his car, goes off in his house call, and he leaves young George behind. George got out of the car, evidently, and he went and he sat on the edge of the bridge looking down at the river. Meantime, Dr. Gindela comes back and kid's missing, doesn't know what happened to him, so goes back home and files a missing person report. And they finally found his body a couple weeks later downstream a few miles from uh, where he'd evidently gone into the river. Okay, so did they have a cause of death? Well, 
Um, they brought the body in for an autopsy, okay. and uh, that's the death certificate. He drowned, and they're saying it's accidental. Right. This had to devastate him. Oh, it had to. And it, it, it just broke him up. It just destroyed him. This guy, he fell down. He slipped on the ice, and maybe he kind of snapped a little when it, when, you know, because he's not dealing with it. I think it's just because his brain is, he's confused. It triggered his pain, and he got really angry uh, pretty quickly. I want to know what happened to Dr. Gindley after the death of his son. For me, the best source of information is from a family member. I've managed to track down one of his descendants who says the tragedy destroyed the doctor's life. Now, Jack, I know you're a descendant of Dr. Gindley, but what was your actual relationship then? He was my grandfather. Okay. And this is a picture of Dr. Gindley and his oldest son, George. This was taken before he was shot? Yes. You know, Jack, one of the reasons I actually wanted to meet with you is because I wanted to find out what happened to the doctor after his son died. He had a nervous breakdown, and as a result, he stopped practicing medicine. My understanding is that Dr. Gindley was of such a state of mind that he went and lived in Oak Park with one of his sisters. And my grandmother stayed in the house with the children. So he just left them there? Well... Uh, yes. I gotta figure your grandmother had a pretty tough day. Yes. How old was the doctor when he died? Uh, 75. 75, okay. And how old was your grandmother when she passed? In her 80s. Oh, she was an elderly woman? Oh, yes. Okay. I feel very tired here. Yes. Worn out. This might be that old lady. Okay. But something is not right. What are you talking about? Something about um, their family. It's broken. She felt really lonely, confused. I don't like it. It's a little unnerving. I'm at the local library to see what else I can uncover about my client's property. Digging through the archives, I discover that a poor farm operated right next door. And according to the headlines, the conditions there were terrible. So I've reached out to a local reporter who tells me that the tragedies that took place there are unthinkable. The Cook County Poor Farm is one of the dirty secrets in Chicago history. The conditions there were absolutely appalling. This was where they sent people basically to be forgotten. And as you can see from this picture, this is a fairly large institution. What kind of people would have been at this poor farm? Quite a variety. There were mental patients. There were indigents and there were tubercular patients. Pat, you mentioned on the phone that there was a tragedy on the farm. What was it? In 1923, the uh, main building of the mental institution okay. uh, burned down, and at least 17 people were killed. 
all of their bodies were burned beyond recognition. Wow. And as you can see, the destruction was pretty widespread. As a matter of fact, most of the people who died there ended up being buried there. You mean people who died there before and after the fire? Yes. And what's the estimate of how many people actually buried on that property? Uh, conservatively, 38,000 people. Wow. During my walk, I got a quick glimpse of the angry man who attacked me. So I'm meeting with a sketch artist to draw him. His hair was very thick, but cut short. Kind of a longer chin. How about his eyes? Almond-shaped. Next, I described a horrifying scene in the upstairs bedroom. There's a woman in the bed, and I saw him, like, beating on her. I'd have his left hand holding her arm and his right hand in a fist over her. Is this what you saw? Yes. Now that Amy and I have completed our investigations, we're ready to reveal our findings to each other and our clients for the first time. Amy, I want you to meet Mark. He's a cop. He's been a cop for 27 years. It's his wife, Lori, and his daughter, Christina. Now, Christina's actually the one who called us in. But she doesn't live here anymore. Even though she doesn't live here, she's still getting tormented by nightmares. Now she has a three-year-old daughter who's having similar dreams, and she's getting very concerned about it. These two live here, and they're being tormented by the activity, and they want to get their life back in order and make this a safe place to live. So now that Amy knows a little bit about what's going on, I'm going to ask her to tell us about her walk. So I encountered two men and they didn't have any skin. They were kind of like mushy-looking uh, corpses. They were a little charred, like they had been burned. Upstairs in the hallway in particular, they like to horse around. They're kind of acting crazy. You'd hear the scuffling feet in that hallway. Now, you guys hear footsteps all the time, upstairs. Yeah, yes. correct. I would think it was Mark coming home from work, and I would hear footsteps. Well, this particular night, I heard the footsteps coming up, and I waited for him to, you know, to come back to, like, the bedroom, and he never came back, meaning it wasn't him. Right. Now, you mentioned these guys looked like they were burned? They got burned in a fire. That's interesting you say that, because in the late 1800s, less than a mile from here, adjacent to the property was the Cook County Poor Farm. The complex housed poor people, had an insane asylum on it, and it had a sanitarium for tuberculosis patients. Wow. 1923, the insane asylum burns down to the ground. Oh. 17 people burned to death. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Now, this is a photo of the aftermath. People that went there, they died there, and they were buried there. Could be as high as 38,000. What? Right here? Right here. Now, do you think these guys came from that fire? Yes. What else do you see? I encountered this older woman outside, and she was just spewing hate. She felt very alone and confused and was really, really tired. One of the things that she likes to do is come out of the closets 
She's trying to assert her dominance that way. I saw the figure of a woman upstairs in my bedroom facing the closet, and she disappeared into it. I saw an apparition of a woman. I can only see her from the back because she was sitting on the edge of the bed. Okay. The edge of the bed is right next to the closet. Let me ask you, what is she pissed about? She doesn't feel like this is her space anymore. Because there was something about seances and someone opening a door, and she's getting desperate. No one's listening, and she swears to God if it continues, she'll, she wants to poison you guys. Like, she wants to poison you. They did have a, a, a ghost group. Okay. Uh, paranormal investigators come in. Not only that, but they had a priest perform an exorcism in the house. We did. Of the house? Of the house. This is where he started the, the ritual here, and he said that he was chasing whatever it was throughout the house down into the basement. While he's in the basement, he's saying the final prayers, and the stole got pulled off of his shoulders and thrown to the floor. Oh, Now, is the woman pissed off because of maybe the exorcism or, the, or all of the above? I think it's all of the above. I'm a little concerned about you saying that she was going to poison the people. Mm -hmm. Is she capable of that? Yes. This woman's so advanced, she's able to persuade the living into harming themselves. And she plans to do it with poison. I got to protect my family. This is not something that's going to obviously fly here. What else did you see? I'm outside and I meet this guy. He was trying to get me out of here. He just didn't want me to find anything out about him. Definitely the most powerful entity that's in this house. Yeah! He's pissed off. He's angry. People definitely see this guy. Ow! Ah, he hurts people. He looked very professional. He was obsessed with his work. Extremely stressed out man. And he was extremely good at whatever it was he did. But it was high stress and high stakes. I'm not sure if this is the guy you saw, but it sounds like him. This house uh, was occupied by a guy by the name of Dr. George Gindale, and he worked out of the house, this house, um, starting in, I think, 1920. He was a workaholic, this guy. Back during that time period, uh, Chicago had a big tuberculosis uh, outbreak. He treated a lot of those patients right here in the house. He had 10 kids here. It's a lot of stress. I was curious if this could possibly be the guy you saw. I did do a sketch of him. Well, you guys take a look at the sketch. Wow. Wow, I was right. That's the apparition I saw. 100% definitely that's the guy I saw. Oh, my God. If you imagine a mustache right here, it really does look just like him. I don't like the fact that he's here doing what he's doing, because I, I figure if he's a doctor, he'd be helping people, not causing problems. Now, did you get anything else from this guy? He had had two big accidents during his life. Uh, the first one I saw was he slipped on ice. 
The other one I saw, like he was walking to meet some men and then something really, really bad happened. He was all bloody and there was something wrong with his eyes. I have nothing that says Dr. Gindale had any accidents, but there were two events in his life that basically destroyed him. I actually have a picture of him and his son who he was very close to. This is the doctor and this is his son, George Jr. George was, Jr. was about 20 years old when he was walking through the neighbor's farm, the apple orchard. And the guy that lived on the farm decided to take a shot at him. What? Shot him in the face and neck. So this kid was disfigured. My dream. I had a nightmare one night and there was a boy who looked like he was in his late teens. And it looked like he had been shot in the head because half of his face was missing. And he kept trying to force me to look at it. I have nightmares all the time that are connected to this house. <laughs> this is hard for me to take. Hopefully this helps her. All right. I'm okay. Starting to make sense to you now, though, Lou? Yeah? Now, this poor kid, George Jr., uh, was barely disfigured from this shooting. Now, you mentioned falling into the ice or falling on the ice. George Jr., in April of 1926, fell accidentally or he jumped into the Des Plaines River. Now, I have his death certificate. Right here, basically, this, you'll see it just says accidental drowning. This eventually destroyed Dr. Gindale because he gave up his medical practice. He moved out of his house, left his wife with the nine kids. What? Moved in with his sister and left her here alone. Now, she stayed here until she died in 1960. This is his wife, Julia. Oh, my gosh. Could this be the woman you saw? Yes. Now, could this possibly be the guy you saw? I think so. Oh my gosh. The main areas that he likes to be in is the basement and then the front room upstairs. That be causing her nightmares? I mean, it seems like they're, yeah. With him, you'd experience him in a lot of very, you know, different ways. Anyways, you might hear you know, things in, in your ears, making threats, touching people. Most of the stuff he does is in the dark. I am very afraid of the dark. And at night, if there'll be times where I wake up in my sleep and I won't even open my eyes. I'll just pray that I fall back asleep. Why do you wake up? I don't know why I wake up. Huh. I did do another sketch of something that he does. And it was in the main bedroom. And he was getting physical with the woman in the bed. Oh, I have to show this to you, so.
That's really freaky. He's uh, touching you. Why don't you just explain to Amy what you told me? Well, not too long ago, I was in a sound sleep, and I woke up because I felt somebody grabbing my waist. And I could feel the fingers. But when I woke up, I did open my eyes, and I was facing Mark, so my back would have been towards the closet. So I, it couldn't have been him touching me. I'm getting angry. Well, this isn't his house anymore. It's my house. I'm going to tell you what I believe is going on here. After hearing everything, I kind of feel like I was being a little too hard on him. It's a heartbreaking story. The woman, she's always been here. I mean, she never left. I think that what may have happened here is that he was probably pulled back to the house. When you had paranormal groups come in and try to contact the dead, it probably pulled him back here from the darkness. This is the place he ran from in life. Too many memories, too much pain. He's reliving it over and over and over again. I think he's angry at you because you called him back here. I think he's lashing out because he wants to make you suffer too. He really can't leave now because he's just in the thick of this chaos. So he's not able to leave on his own even if he wanted to. Exactly. So when you saw the accidents involving the ice and the blood, was that him reliving his son's accidents? I think so. It's a very, very sad thing. It is sad. And on the same, I feel bad for him. And on the other hand, I'm mad. Oh, what he, what he's doing to your wife? That's the part I'm mad about, and my, what he did to my kids. I know you guys got overwhelmed with a lot of information tonight, and I'm sure it's not what you wanted to hear. But the big question is, can you live here without all the torment? And can you go on without having these nightmares and protect your three-year-old from having the same issues? I don't have an answer for that, but I'm going to turn it over to Amy, and hopefully she will. It's going to sound unusual. The first thing would be to get a clinical psychologist who practices providing therapy. These are his conditions. What do you mean, his conditions? He's asking for this? Yes. Earlier, we made a compromise. This actually happens quite often. When I got to the house for the reveal, the angry man approached me, and we worked out a deal to help him to move on. He needs to focus on talking out his life, because right now he's living in chaos. So we want to give him a little bit of time to process, and hopefully he'll just leave after that anyways. The second thing is, you need to bring in a chaos magician. What the hell exactly is a chaos magician? A chaos magician is an individual who follows the philosophy that the universe and the earth and everything is functioning within chaos. So they utilize that chaos within their magic. So when the chaos magician comes in, that'll get rid of the old lady, the two burn victims. And Dr. Gindale too, if he doesn't leave on his own? Yes. What if Christina's nightmares at home? Because she's, she's having them not here, but at her house. Right. How, how do we fix that? Or can it be fixed? When you wake up, you need to tell them, you get out of my house, you leave me alone, you leave my daughter alone. Will it affect her daughter? Well, that remains to be seen. 
She's only having stuff here, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, they're going to do all these steps, and the house is going to be locked down, so then she'll be fine to come over here. Are you going to do what Amy suggests? Do my best, but that psychologist isn't for us. I got enough people in the house. Even if we do the other steps, they'll have to leave. We'll force them to leave. Are you seriously going to do that? I don't know. Hey, you got to take some responsibility here. He didn't. He did not want to be here. It's just the negotiation part that I have, have a problem with. That's I'm upset awful. too. You I, know, this guy beat the shit out of me for yeah, hours. Right. I think that they, that you should go with what Amy is saying, and it's just that you know, as extreme as it is for for Lori, if it gets it all to stop, then swallow your pride and you have to do what you have to do to get it all to stop. It's not easy for me. Because you're pissed off. But you know what? Two wrongs don't make a right. I really hope Mark's frustration doesn't affect his judgment when it comes to following my advice. I believe that if he follows the steps I've given him, he'll not only be helping his family, but the dead here too. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.